everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome on in to Wager Weekly. Damon Roberts with you, and I'll bring the boys here in a second. Paul Nolan, Paul Bovey will join me to break down some of your Sunday card. Of course, it's Friday. Looking at a Friday night card, but we're looking ahead to Sunday. We're going to give you a little little insight to how the boys are thinking through their moves as they're looking at the Sunday card. Again, I've said this before. If you're waiting until an hour before game time on Sunday to place a bet, you're probably better off lighting the money on fire. That doesn't mean you can't win, but it's you're not getting line value that you probably want to be getting as the guys look to move early in the week and then see what happens the rest of the week. So we'll give you a little insight to what they're thinking here on a Friday afternoon. But again, make sure you visit wagerweekly.com. Seven free days of service for all new users every single day. If you're a new user, you're getting seven free days of service. Whether it's Paul Nolan, Paul Bovey, me, Damon Roberts, Stacey Loretta, whoever it is, seven free days of service you'll get just for signing up over at wagerweekly.com. You can always scan the code that's on your screen right now to do the exact same thing. All right, so we're going to look at your Sunday card. Let me bring the boys in here, Paul Nolan, Paul Bovey, as always. Good to be with both of you. Let's do some quick fire here, and you guys can kind of tell me kind of what you're thinking. No interest, a lot of interest. Here's what I'm looking at. We'll just go down the line. Houston, Chicago, obviously. Uh, Chicago, two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Your over-under is 40 in that game. I don't think anybody has an opinion on that from what I could tell. But Las Vegas, Tennessee, both teams coming in 0-2. Tennessee back at home. Las Vegas, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite here. Again, still 0-2 as well. Uh, Paul Bovey, does that line interest you at all that they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road? Your total there sits at 45-and-a-half. How about that game? Well, first of all, let's talk about the Raiders. Last week, amazing that they blew that game against Arizona. They had a comfortable 23-7 lead. I think it was early fourth quarter. Somehow, uh, Arizona pulls a miracle out and wins the game. And much to the liking of people like myself who had the over 51, because as you know, there was a fumble return in overtime. Yeah. And the total came at uh, landed at 52 and Arizona wins that one, 29-23. But I was very impressed with Carr at quarterback. He spread the ball around uh, to five or six different receivers, and I just think they're the better team. Our, our Tennessee has got hit with just a, a, a pile of injuries both before the season, most recently Taylor Luan, who came into the season off an ACL injury, went on the IR. They lost a cornerback. Yeah. They're way down in terms of receiver uh, talent with losing A.J. Brown. They had already lost an offensive lineman, uh, Quisenberry to Buffalo, as well as Roger Saffold. And I just think this Tennessee team is not good. They were exposed on Monday night by Buffalo, who actually could have put more points on the board had they not uh, gone for it on fourth down uh, early on, ran a quarterback sneak from the shotgun, and Josh Allen was snuffed out, and and they they easily won the game 41-7. to They put the brakes on in the fourth, did not score. I just think the Raiders are a better football team, will get their first win on the road. Yeah, 0-2 Las Vegas on the road to Tennessee, minus 2.5 is your number right now. And it's funny, Paul Nolan, we talked in our pre, I think our preseason show that we thought Tennessee, there might be some regression to the mean this year with this yeah. team. And that's exactly what we've seen play out. Uh, next up, Kansas City and Indianapolis. Kansas City 2-0 on the road goes to Indy 0-1-1. Jeez, Kansas City 5.5 point favorite. You're over under 50.5, Paul Nolan. I know this is a game that's kind of been on your radar, especially after watching that 
really quite pathetic performance from the Colts last week. Yeah, you know, it was, it was terrible. It was, you know, Paul and I both had the Jacksonville Jaguars last week, and you know, there was some rough weather in that game. And listen, I'm not trying to make excuses, but Michael Pittman means a lot to that offense because when you get to the next, um, you know, you get to like their secondary receivers there, um, like Alec Pierce, you know, you, they're just not going to be what they could be without a, a legitimate number one guy there. With him back, and I, I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain um, Pittman will be a go. If he's not a go, I can't go full tilt on this game. And I'll know more as the days go on, obviously, as, as will everybody else. But, you know, I just think Mahomes is always absolutely obliterated. Gus Bradley defenses. He just he lives with the one high safety. We've seen what Mahomes does with one high safeties. He just eats them alive. Uh, Mahomes also inside of a dome. His numbers are just video game astronomical numbers. So, for me, I don't see how Kansas City doesn't put up 31 to 34 themselves in this game, especially after a really kind of – an awful offensive performance last week in prime time where, you know, they only scored 20 points offensively. I think they'll bounce back. Uh, you know, to me, the other thing is I think Willie Gay's underrated. You know, I like Willie Gay. I mean, he's not the greatest run defender, but he is so good in coverage. And with him out with the suspension, you know, Leo Chanel is just not a good line. He, in fact, I, I don't, he's not good the film. We've seen on him. He's just not ready to play in this league. And uh, I think they'll, I think there's going to be a lot of room underneath and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a huge day um, from the, uh, the, the backfield from receiving and running for Indianapolis. And I think it's a get-right game for, for Matt Ryan. I mean, they, they can't be as bad as they were last week. I mean, he had two touchdown passes dropped in week one. Uh, Frank Reich didn't forget how to coach. I think he's going to get this team going. And I, I can't see this thing not ending up somewhere around – 34-21, 34-24. I just think this will get in the 50s, and I'm willing to lay. Uh, I'm willing to go over the 50 on this one. I, I know Paulie's not completely in agreement with me, unless of course we see Pittman in there. So, um, but I, I really like this, and I believe Pittman's going to play. So I'm going to play it now before the line goes to 51 uh, or 51 and a half. Well, speaking of this line, it's been in, Paul Bovey. It's been interesting to watch this line throughout the week. It's kind of been somewhat of a roller coaster. Yeah, it has. It, it opened up 49, dropped to 46 immediately like a rock, and has surged now to 50 and a half. Now, I would take a wait and see on this because I think that the upside on this line, if Pittman plays, is maybe a half a point here, maybe a full point, whereas the downside on the line, it could drop again back down to 47. He, he's not going to play because I can't justify a play on the Indianapolis Colts without Pittman because without him and Alex Pierce, who didn't play last week, yeah. uh, Matt Ryan was throwing to Hines out of the backfield. That was his number one receiver, as well as Ashton Doolin, who came into the season with 30 catches in his career, as well as Mo Alley Cox. That's not an arsenal of receivers that's going to scare anybody. And Jacksonville dominated the game, put a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan, they did a masterful job on offense, a lot of short passing by Trevor Lawrence. He was very effective. So I have to take a wait-and-see attitude because this is a tale of two different teams with Pittman versus without Pittman. They came into this season with very little talent uh, in terms of the receiver position Indianapolis did. Is you know T.Y. Hilton gone, and it was basically him – and Paris Campbell, and that's it. And then you lose him, and you know the the team in terms of talent there 
it drops like off a cliff. So I'm going to take a wait and see attitude. Uh, Pittman, everything hinges upon him. You know, and you mentioned Naheem Hines. I do like him in this matchup this week. I think he's a potential over player because just because of the fact that gaping void in the middle of the KC defense, I think he's going to find space. I think he's going to have a big day. I think he'll keep the chains moving. I think he's going to keep this offense on schedule. You know, again, like without uh, Willie Gay as a short tackler, I think that this is going to be a, a, a – I think that void will be exposed. So I'm, I'm definitely – I'm very bullish on the over in this game. And uh, as much as I re, you know, respect your opinion, Paulie, I'm, I, Pittman plays, I'm pounding this, and I'm putting a small piece on it now. All right, so I'm going to just make one other point. I did not mention Jonathan Taylor, who, in my opinion, is the best back in the league. Yeah. And he should definitely – be effective here if Pittman does play because they won't be able to stack the box like yeah. they did last week. At one point against the Jaguars, Pittman had five yards in his first five carries, and that's uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor right. That's certainly not typical of Jonathan Taylor, who just he lit makes up. people miss. He breaks yeah. arms and, and breaks tackles and. Yeah, he's tremendous. There's no question. He's, he's, he's tremendous, and I, I think that offense will get back in gear if uh, Pittman is, in fact, in the lineup. All right, well, we, people should be staying tuned for this, though, for that update because. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's, that's good stuff. Let, let's move ahead to Buffalo, Miami. I don't know if either one of you is looking at this either side or total or props in the game, but I want to just throw out a more generic question. For, for guys who are playing, you know, guys who are out there playing on these games, do you, either one of you buy into the, you know, we talked in yesterday's show about some of the bad losses we've seen, some of the crazy stuff we've seen. Do any of you buy into Miami last week being on the right side of Baltimore, just obviously giving up the huge lead, giving up whatever it was, 30, 28 points, 29, 20, 30 points in the fourth quarter, losing that game to Miami, six touchdowns for Tua. Do any of you buy into now going to, now facing Buffalo at home, though, but it's a huge letdown spot? Do you buy into the letdown spot? And if you do, do you think this is one? Paul Nolan, I'll start with you. I buy into all letdown spots because it's just part of the business. I mean, it, you know, teams start you know, feeling that, but I'm not going to buy into the Bills as a letdown team right now because they are pumping on all cylinders. And they no, but the Dolphins, this. I mean. Oh, well, forgive me. I thought, I thought you meant the Bills off their blowout, nationally televised, you know, just – an absolute embarrassment of Tennessee, but uh, I think I think this is a perfect spot for both teams are rolling with confidence. The play action, play calling from Miami is incredible. They lead the league in play action, play calling. Even when they were down by two touchdowns, they're running play action to perfection. It's like this guy is tailor made for Tua, and you're seeing an offense that just keeps on rolling on schedule. Again, to me, there's nothing more exciting, especially wearing down a defense in 88 degree temperature this week coming up. And 90% humidity, you know, Buffalo's a team that's used to that, you know, a little uh, cooler air. And I, I wouldn't be surprised the second half we're going to see the defense fatigued a little bit, counting on the offense to stay on pace. So, I mean, I, I would definitely lean over in this one out of the gate, but I don't love it. I, I'd rather have Paulie's opinion on this one. All right, so huge money coming in on the Bills. So I think opened up four, it's up to six and a half. Uh, to me, this is an overreaction, and I respect the Buffalo Bills. They they got the better of the Rams on the strength of seven sacks of Matthew Stafford. I think that offensive line is a work in progress with the retirement of Whitworth. Yep. And then you go to Tennessee, and who, who as I point out, I don't think they're a very 
good football team. I have under nine and a half wins. Terrible O-line. I, I just think they lost too much talent. They have too many players coming off ACL injuries, and they exposed them. So now you take on a Dolphin team, and the issue for Buffalo is injuries. Fortunately, Matt Milano, who went out of the game on Sunday with a stinger, was taken off the injury list on Wednesday. But you have Dane Jackson, who may or may not play, likely is going to sit with a neck injury. And then you have Poirier and Hyde, who are also um, dinged up and who may or may not play. Ed Oliver did not play on Monday night, and he's a question mark. So you, you have issues here in the secondary for Buffalo, and they're taking on a team with a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Let's face it, between Waddle and Hill, those are two of the best receivers in the league as a tandem. So I think that Buffalo could be in for a time here trying to contain this Miami offense, and you're going to see a lot of points here because I don't see Miami's defense as being vaunted at all. They were lucky against New England. The Patriots did run the football. They had, I think, 22 carries for 78 yards, but that included a few uh, losses by the quarterback when he ran. Uh, They were able to get to the edge, and they certainly weren't effective against Lamar Jackson last week, who put up huge numbers. Bateman was over 100 yards on four catches. Mark Andrews, nine receptions for, for a buck nine. And I think you're going to see some points in this game. The number opened at 50-51, went up to 53-and-a-half, has now settled back in at 52. And amazingly, these Buffalo Bills, high-scoring team, they have not gone over the total in the first two games. All right, great stuff on that. So obviously you still think Miami's going to, Miami could keep this within the number and a lot of points here. That's uh, interesting. Uh, Detroit, Minnesota, I don't know if either one, and again, if you guys, you could stop me if you have an opinion on any of these games. Detroit, Minnesota, obviously Detroit coming off the win. Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, uh, the, the primetime Kirk Cousins um, drought continues. Really a terrible <laughs> performance last week. I don't know if either one of you have an opinion on that game. You could just stop me if you do. But Baltimore, New England, New England handled business. Paul Nolan, you, we talked about that New England-Miami game. You thought there was a little more under the hood than just the final score. You didn't think New England or Miami was as bad. Uh, do you think yeah. Mac Jones turns the corner here? Do you think we get another good performance? Baltimore coming in off the terrible loss. Any any interest in this game at all? Well, I mean, if we were talking Detroit-Minnesota, I have an opinion on that game now. I'm going to have that on the website. Um, Ravens-Patriots, though, we talk about, uh, we've talked about the Patriots going in. Oh, it's, again, it's a team that really didn't have any great weapons that like you thought going into the season you have to game plan for. You couldn't think of who you have to you know, scheme against offensively. Mac Jones obviously is a serviceable young guy, but you know again, I mean, that offense looked, you know, in week one they had some really bad breaks early on. They got away from what they did well, and I thought that was a little bit of a misleading score. Then they run into obviously last week, you know, you, um, you know, a Pittsburgh defense that to me I think is underrated. Mika Fitzpatrick and that secondary is playing phenomenal. They were still getting a good uh, push on on the line of scrimmage. Um, so they had a couple tough tests defensively so far, and let's be honest, Pittsburgh likes to slog it out a little bit. Um, I, I just think this is kind of a, you know, um, a little bit of a, a mismatch here. I, I just find that, you know, um, I think Baltimore should be able to put up points and get on a roll here, uh, but it looks a little too easy to me. The line's strange to me. I thought this line was going to be four and a half uh, on the road. 
Um, this Patriot team does not scare me at all. I just, you know, they just, there's something, there's a lethargy about watching them overall. I just, again, not a great opinion here on, at this time of recording. Um, but uh, if we get to the next game, I, I have a few other opinions here. But this one, I would, I think the, the line is just a little strange to me. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like, I, I want to know what I'm missing here, why it's only, you know, three points. I feel like I'm missing something and I got to do more homework to figure it out. All right. Well, let me do it this way then. Uh, what else, what other games, I'll start with you, Paul Nolan. Uh, what other game here uh, on the Sunday card on a Friday afternoon here as we record this, are you looking at that you're kind of zeroed in on? Well, you know, so like I said, going into the season, I thought Detroit, Detroit was a little overhyped. I mean, there was so much, you know, love for them when you consider that they come off the, you know, the HBO show, uh, Hard Knocks. You always see an extra amount of hype towards that team. People feel like they know them. There's a human aspect to it. Um, obviously, the coach has just got that. Like, if this was Viking times, he'd have a clan, and I'd be in it, and I'd say, I'll go through a wall for you, you know, because he's just such a heart and soul type leader. You know, he's just, you know, the guy puts it out there, and the guy's buying in and believe. So I felt like they were a little hyped going in. Jared Goff's been pretty good, you know. I mean, he's got a 15% touchdown rate to start the season, which is going to regress. I think he's only 6 or 7% in his career. But the one thing here is, you know, I, I forgot who what it, maybe it was Sanchez. I can't remember what former NFL quarterback talked about being around that locker room, how Goff looks like a different person for the first time in his life. He's got a coach that he knows loves him and feels like and, and supports him at the highest, you know, at the, at, at the heart and soul of it all. And the kid has definitely always been a little bit on the um, – timid side and this i'd like to see how this develops i think there's a little beefy line i hate going against a team uh that got embarrassed in national television uh the following week because we've seen kirk cousins you know the good the bad and the and the predictable but i, I think the six points are a little bit much here and I, I you know this is a detroit defense that loves man coverage they play primarily man more than really any team in the league and I think that serves them well since Adam Thielen has kind of regressed the last couple of years. I mean, he keeps going down. As great as he was um, as a secondary guy now to Jefferson, we saw Jefferson can be beat, especially when we see Kirk Cousin vapor locked in on him. Um, and I, I can't see him, you know, breaking that habit here. You know, he wants so desperately to be, uh, you know, accepted by the, by the you know, the, the young superstar. Uh, I think uh, DeAndre Swift has a big game. I think Amon St. Uh, Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown has just been the last, you know, eight games of last year and this year, he's just been an absolute electricity. I think this is a, um, I think the Lions defensive line is starting to show some, some passion with Aiden Hutchinson really. I mean, on 47 snaps, he got pressure, I think 10 or 12 times last week. So I, I'm going to go with Detroit to fight like dogs and keep this thing close. All right, very good. Uh, Paul Bovey, I know there's some other games on your radar going into Sunday. What I mean, I'm interested in that Monday night game. I don't know what else you guys are interested in, but that line in the Monday night game still is Cooper Rush behind, under center, I believe. Is that an overreaction? We can get to that question on that line uh, as they go into New York. Obviously, New York 2-0 and off to a decent start. But, Paul, what else is on your radar for Sunday? Well, I could comment on that Monday night game. I have sure. to tell you something. Dallas looked really, really good. And I happen to think Cooper Rush is a is a fine quarterback. I yeah. understand Central Michigan, 28 years old, but in the limited time he's gotten in there, uh, he, he's just had full control of the offense. He looked great. I watched that game last week against yeah. Cincinnati, and I'm surprised it got to where it did. Dallas really 
did dominate the game. Uh, he was effective. He's got chemistry with, uh, I think his name is Noah Brown. It, 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 Dallas is the real deal. They have a much better defense than the Giants do. The Giants are lacking in the secondary, and they had a few guys out last week uh, on top of the losses they uh, experienced in free agency. I just don't see the Giants winning this game. And I'm a Giant fan. I, I just don't see the Giants winning this game because I think Dallas has got them on both sides of the ball. Maybe I'm being misled by uh, that that Cincinnati game, but I just think that um, the Cowboys are going to get the best of it. They got a couple running backs. Zeke Elliott is actually performing so far this year. I expect him to wear down as the season goes on. He completed a couple really nice balls to C.D. Lamb on Sunday. I was very impressed with Cooper Rush, and I, I don't, I don't think Dak Prescott is is at this point. I know this is an outlandish <coughs> statement, but I'm not I'm a Dak you. Prescott fan. You know, I think he got that contract. He secured it with a with many games where he was piling on yardage when the Cowboys were down 21, 24 points. And the stats look good, good but in terms of performance, it wasn't all that. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. And I'll throw one more game in there that I do like. I think this Jaguars team is real. I think the coaching change has made a monumental difference in Trevor Lawrence. I really like what they did on Sunday. And it wasn't only the demise of the Colts, but it was the performance, the upsurge, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who who looked like a real football team, and they've made some acquisitions during the off season, which I think are real difference makers. And I could see them staying in the game this week with uh, the LA Chargers, who are dealing with a few injuries right now. Justin Herbert obviously has a rib issue, but he is going to play. But uh, he may be hampered by that. But uh, the Jaguars catch them at the right time off two divisional games and i think the jaguars are going to stay within the number it's right now six and a half seven you know i don't know if you guys have heard but around um you know san, uh, san diego listen to me around the charge of camp uh there's a lot of like there's a lot of distractions going on right now and i don't know if this uh, pertains that much but i think everything matters the subtle nuance i don't think everything matters 100 percent, but i think everything has uh there's always layers of issues and you hear Tyrod Taylor suing the same guy who, the same doctor who diagnosed um, his injuries uh, back when he was with the Chargers. Is the same guy diagnosing Herbert? And a lot of people around the camp, what I understand, feel like Herbert really shouldn't be rushed back with that punctured lung and all. You know, the bra- fractured rib and the possible puncture. So, like, there's a lot of I don't know. I just feel like there's a little bit of a distraction around that um, around that team right now, and I. I, I kind of agree with you. I think Jacksonville's still not getting the love it deserves. They got a really ferocious front, um, and I, they're playing as hard as possible. And the creativity on the play calling, the way they're showing, uh, they're allowing Trevor Lawrence to roll out to his left and hit guys on on out patterns, which very few guys can do. And he did it so well in college. You can see him translating here into the NFL. So I think there's still some value on Jacksonville, and that, that value won't last much longer. It's going to be a cover this week, and – and after that, you'll see they're going to start to get love from the public. 
All right, great stuff from Paul Bovey and Paul Nolan. Again, a week three in the NFL. We'll continue to break down your card as we head to Sunday. Huge college card tomorrow on a Saturday. Make sure you visit us over at wagerweekly.com, where, again, you can get seven free days of service as a new user each and every day. So you can scan the code that's on your screen or visit us over at wagerweekly.com. Paul Nolan, Paul Bovey, great stuff as always. Always good to be with you. And to you out there, thank you so much for joining us again today for another free pick video, breaking down all your games. We'll do it each and every day. Enjoy the games, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here more on wagerweekly.com. 